These are the obvious big names on offense that are going to dictate how well the Sun Devils play in 2024. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. You can stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrad36 in the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is once again time to talk about Arizona State Sun Devils football. Today and for the rest of the week, we are going to be discussing the most important players on each side of the football. However, there's a little catch. Today is the obvious players. Tomorrow will be the less obvious or the sleeper players or the guys that are being overlooked on offense. And then Thursday, Friday, we'll be doing the same thing for the defensive side of the football, the most important guys, and then the guys you're not really talking about. So today is really good introduction to Sun Devils football in 2024. These are names that most people are going to recognize maybe you're a new fan and you're checking this podcast out for the first time. If you are welcome, I appreciate you stopping in. If you're an everydayer, I appreciate you guys as well. But today's going to be focusing on the guys that most people know. Or again, maybe if you're a new fan and you're trying to figure out who's going to be important, we're going to talk about them today. And that's going to be the main focus of today. And then tomorrow is going to be some of the guys that maybe you aren't even aware of yet. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Let's go ahead and jump into, I have five players who I feel are the most important for 2024 on the offensive side of the football, as far as obvious names go. And we'll go ahead and kick it off with everybody's favorite quarterback, Jaden Rashada. Rashada, of course, the former four-star slash five-star quarterback coming out of the 2023 recruit or 2022 recruiting cycle, excuse me. And wait, no, 2023, 2023 recruiting cycle. Yeah, final answer. And got to play three games last year and looked quality. Like he was up and down, but the whole team was as a whole really underachieving. He definitely performed the best of all the guys who took significant snaps last year. He threw for just under 500 yards in three games, four touchdowns to three interceptions. Not bad. Completion percentage, 53.7. Definitely going to get better. But there was a lot of good things that he showed off. And one of the most interesting and attractive aspects that he had was his arm talent. Goodness gracious, he could push the ball down the field. I mean, it was like effortless for him to just sling it. And that thing go 50 yards down the field without any issue. And I would love to see him become an even stronger thrower, like 60 yards. Like, I don't really know what his limits are, but 
I do look at Rashada and I sit there to myself and I go, yeah, they, uh, they got something pretty special here. They've got something cooking. They're cooking with gas right now with a potential starting quarterback for at least the next two seasons. He is terrific in the many ways that he can beat you. And I'm really excited to see what that future holds for him. But heading into this year, there's quite a few different ways that he's important. And we'll start with the obvious one, which is the play on the field. Like I said, this past season, it was it was very obvious that he was the best quarterback on the field for the Sun Devils. He led them in touchdown passes with four, and he played three games. The Sun Devils only had eight passing touchdowns as a whole. Rashada had half of them in three games. I, I don't know what else to tell you at that point. He threw for just under 500 yards, which accounted for a little under 20% of the total yards that they threw. Uh, He was sacked six times, but that feels like something that you're just going to have to slowly approach and work on as a whole. That kind of comes down to the offensive line as well, which we'll talk about uh, one of the more key players on the offensive line later on in the podcast. But he, he looked like the best quarterback by leaps and miles, in my opinion. Like, I don't know that it was particularly close looking at what Rashada did compared to Trenton Borgay, compared to Drew Pine, uh, compared to Jacob Conover. He was terrific, at least in terms of comparing them. The reality and the entirety of the scope of it is he struggled, and he looked like a freshman. It, it's going to happen to to everybody. Dante Moore, who was the number three quarterback last year, five-star at UCLA, played, I think, nine games for them. And struggle. He was up and down. Like it happens. It's it's just something that you gotta you gotta work through. I know that some of the other quarterbacks from last year didn't really get a start. The Tennessee guy, um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Arch Manning at Texas didn't get on the field. Like it's difficult for true freshman quarterbacks to have massive success. And Rashada did did look like a freshman last year. So we're going to be paying even more attention and putting him under a microscope to see how he takes a step forward this year. We want to see whether or not he is going to be capable of being the starter for next two years, three years, four years, however long he ends up staying at Arizona State. That's what we're going to be focusing on and taking a very close uh paying close attention to is what I'm meaning to say. So we want to see the play take a step forward. We want to see him become that. I won't call him a superstar quarterback as a redshirt freshman, but maybe down the road, you would like him to become that right now. You just need to see that he's taking the step forward to be the starting quarterback for the team. That is the most important thing that you need to see right now out of Jaden Rashada is for him to become a starting quarterback and a quality starting quarterback. Like this needs to be a player that you feel confident going every single week into it, knowing that you have a chance to win. And that kind of leads to the other most important part of Jaden Rashada is seizing that role for himself, providing the continuity and just having an overall effect on the team. You look at, you look at Jaden Rashada and he looks the part. He's big, 
He's he's tall, he's long, he's got an arm, he can move around. He has the energy to be the starting quarterback for a team. And I'm interested in his demeanor to see if he is a rah-rah guy or if he's kind of a lead-by-example guy. I don't think it really matters one way or the other. I'm just curious just to see how he shakes out. But he looks the part of a of a program, a face of a program. Now we just need him to take that next step. And another really important thing here is this is the prized possession of the Kenny Dillingham era. This was the first big acquisition that Kenny Dillingham made in his debut recruiting class. It was Jaden Rashada and some other really quality guys, but Rashada was the one that really stood out to everyone because he's a quarterback, because he was a high four-star, because he was a top 15 quarterback recruit. He might've been top 10, depending on where you looked. I know he was top 15 for sure. This was the guy. Now you need to make sure that he is the guy and that he takes those steps forward. This can't be somebody who really sets your program back, especially because after your first year where you had three wins, and you were competitive in most of the games that you were in, you need to take a step forward. I've been on record saying that I think they need to go bowling this year. I think you need to be a 6-6 six and six team. Rashad is going to be a massive factor in whether or not you become that six-win team. If he takes those steps forward, that's great news for you, and you're going to take massive strides. But you also just need him to show that Kenny Dillingham knows what he's doing and that Kenny Dillingham is capable of recruiting guys at a high level, building a program, having players who emphasize what he's looking for in his starters, in his team, in his roster, in his locker room. Jaden Rashada is going to be a big piece of that. Jaden Rashada might be the biggest piece of showing off what Kenny Dillingham has to offer in terms of building a program. He's the face of the program until further notice. There's some guys that want to be faces of the program. I know that Relique Brown is coming in, and he said he wants to be the face of the program. And guess what? He's one of the other guys that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NFL is down to three more games, but don't worry, there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app's easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. There's live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and so many more options. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. As always, I appreciate you guys for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. And a shout out to my everydayers who are here every day. Wherever you're getting your podcasts, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. A shout out to the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. They keep you up to date with everything, including the Bucks, uh, Milwaukee Bucks firing their head coach. Uh, forgot his name. But they're going to keep you up to date on that and everything else. So check it out. Hit subscribe. Have something to watch when you're bored or you're trying to find something to watch while you're eating your dinner. Back into our conversation, we got 
four more guys to talk about in terms of the most important players to the Sun Devil success in 2024. Offensively, we'll go ahead and start with the people's running back, Cameron Scadaboo. Mr. Scadaboo did it all last year. He ran it, he caught it, he punted it, he passed it. He was the player for the Sun Devils last year. And I think you would argue that he was the face of the program last year. I really do think that that argument could be made for what he had put together for you. And I'm so curious how he's going to continue to take that step forward as a player for you. Is he going to continue to be that face of the program? Is he going to maybe take a step back this year behind some of the other players that they've got coming in? What's his what's his overall role going to be? Is he going to be a thousand-yard runner again? Is he going to be what he did last year and do a little bit of everything? What the role looks like for him, no matter what it is, the one thing that remains a constant here is you want to see him continue to be an overall kind of dual threat for the team. Overall triple threat, quadruple threat, quintuple threat, whatever it is. You line him up on defense, whatever. But Cameron Scadaboo is probably the guy this year that the offense runs through, no pun intended, again. Like last year, you had all sorts of good players like Elijah Badger and uh, Jalen Conyers and Troy O'Mary and DeCarlos Brooks and all sorts of guys. But everything really kind of came down to Cameron Scadaboo. When Scadaboo was rolling, and more often than not, he was. It was very difficult to stop him last year. The Sun Devils were competitive. But in games where he was really struggling to get going, that's when the Sun Devils were getting her you-know-what's kicked. It's just, you look at everything that he brings to the table and you understand that this guy is really going to dictate the pace of the game. When Cameron Scadaboo is running hot and Cameron Scadaboo is getting the ball as a runner, as a, as a receiver, first of all, he can, he can do all sorts of stuff after, after he gets the ball. He can make guys miss in space. He's good uh, shrugging off contact and doing stuff after he's hit. Beyond what he does as a runner, receiver, whatever, once the ball is in his hands, he can do just about anything to beat you. And I mean, last year he had nine, uh, nine rushing touchdowns. He had a receiving touchdown. He was almost 12 yards of reception. He was almost five yards per carry. He was a, a shining light in the darkness for the Sun Devils offense. If there was one consistent player last year, it was Cameron Scadaboo. And he's going to need to be that guy again this year. No matter what the backfield ends up shaking out as, because there's there's a lot of guys coming in. Uh, Relique Brown's coming in. We're going to touch on him in just a second. Carlos Brooks is back. Kyson Brown is back. Jason Brown, incoming four-star freshman. He's there. There are no shortage of running backs on this team. But yet you look at Cameron Scadaboo, and he is your bell cow. He is the one that is going to touch the ball 20 times a game in more ways than one. And that's why I have him here as one of my most important players for 2024. If I did a ranking, I would put him behind Rashada simply because Rashada is your signal caller. But 
you can make an argument that the success of Scadaboo is going to dictate the entirety of this season. But another player I want to mention is Relique Brown. Brown is a former five-star prospect. He is Mr. Do-It-All. So in a, in a similar way that Cameron Scadaboo can do a little bit of everything, that's, that's kind of Relique Brown, but smaller. And he is far more of a speedster. And even though I said the ability to create after contact is there for Cameron Scadaboo, you can't even touch Relique Brown. Relique Brown at 5'8", 185, super duper fast. Someone who is able to do all sorts of different things once the ball is in his hands. He, in super limited amount of time at USC, scored seven touchdowns in like just over a year. And again, this is a very, very deep USC team when it came to the offensive side of the football. So you weren't going to be finding a lot of touches to spread out and distribute amongst these guys. But Relique Brown made the most of the opportunities when he did get the ball. He's going to be coming to Arizona State. In my opinion, he's going to start as the number three back, and he'll work his way up to potentially being the number one. But I think you come in and you start behind Scadaboo and you start behind Brooks, and you just got to earn it. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to earn it. This kid is special. And like I mentioned earlier, Relique Brown came in and and said that I want to be the face of this program. I want to be the guy that turns around Arizona State. So he's already got that mentality. He's got that that dog in him, as people like to say. He is he is the player who's got the determination to say, "Yeah, I'm him. I am Hemothy." That's what we're looking at right now with the kind of player he is in terms of mindset. But again, in terms of a player, he does everything for you. He's he's uh, just around eight yards per reception in his career. He's over five yards uh, per, per rush attempt. He does a little bit as a kick returner for you. Just does all sorts of different things. And when you have a weapon like that, that you can get the get the ball in his hands in more ways than one he's he's just flat out a weapon and pairing him with Scadaboo you have them both on the field and you kind of got to pick your poison cuz you either got the people's running back or you got this spark plug of a freakish athlete that you have to figure out what you're going to do with and both of them can catch and run and whatever i want to know if Lee Brown can throw that would be hilarious if he could throw the football for them as well but he also brings prowess as a special teamer and that's that's one of the other important aspects here i know it's not to do anything with offense which is why we're going to be real brief on this but asu has some talented returners with uh, melquan stovall and elijah badger but you potentially have relique brown back there as well and it just brings a whole other facet to the important the important contributions that he can be the overall weapon that he is that's where you're at with relief brown even in his first year as a transfer i am saying he is one of the five most important players for the sun devils offense in 2024 
That is how highly I think of him. But there's two more guys that we're going to talk about here in just a second. One of them is super obvious. One of them you may not have heard of unless you were really paying attention to the team last year. We're going to get into them in just a moment. This is the Locked On Sun podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One more time, thanks as always for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. And a shout out to my everydayers who are here every day. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications to get an update whenever we post new content. And then check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube so you can stay up to date with all the breaking news, including the Milwaukee Bucks firing their head coach despite a 30-11 and record, something like that. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Stay up to date on everything. Let's round out this podcast with two more players that I believe are going to be incredibly detrimental to the team this year. And we're going to start with the one that you may not know. And the reason why I put him on my obvious players is because of the position he plays. He is probably your left tackle right now. And it's not like he's a small name. He was a four-star recruit at one point in time for Oregon. He transferred back to Arizona State, back to the Valley. I'm talking about Bram Walden. If you have listened to this podcast before, you know I'm a Bram Walden guy and like a big Bram Walden guy. I look at him as the left tackle that you wish I Isaiah Simmons was, or Simmons, Isaiah Glass was. This dude looks the part. And man, I just think that you are looking at him to be able to plug and play. At least for this year, I believe he's a redshirt junior. Hopefully for two years, maybe three years, depending on that eligibility that I can never keep up with. But he looks the part. 6'4", 305. He played at Saguaro High School. Uh, he, Funny enough, he's getting the same degree as me with liberal studies. So excellent. We got that same thing going on. But he looked quality when he was out there. But unfortunately, just like everybody else last year along the offensive line, he was banged up and he missed time. But when he was out there, I felt like he was a pretty quality guy. I'm not saying elite. I'm not saying terrible. I think that he was one of your better guys. And I think that his best days are ahead of him. With the offensive line this year, and all the turnover that they've got going on because they're replacing Isaiah Glass and they're replacing some guys who ran out of eligibility, like and and guys returning from injury too, like Emmett Boley at right tackle is going to be someone that you're going to be paying attention to to see how he looks. Is he going to start immediately? Whatever. But to me, Bram Walden feels like one of the plug and play guys right now. I think that there's probably two other guys. Maybe, maybe two other guys that are plug and play. One of them is Lee Fontana at center. One of them, I believe, should be Ben Coleman at guard. But I look at Bram Walden as a plug and play. Maybe I'm ridiculously high on him. Maybe I'm the only person out there. However, he's not a small name. He's not someone that we've never heard of before. That's why he's on my obvious player list. And more than likely being the left tackle here there's going to be 
a lot of eyes that are on him. A lot of people are going to be looking to see how he does because Isaiah Glass was not good in his two years at Arizona State that he spent as a starting left tackle. Sorry, not sorry. Wasn't good. So we're looking for somebody to play better. And that's where I think Bram Walden is going to come in and be a good player for the team. And if he is a good player, that's going to help this offensive line out a lot. And if he is a good player and the offensive line is helped out, everything else runs smoother. Jaden Rashada stays upright. There's running lanes for Relique Brown, for Cameron Scadaboo. There's less sacks that are given up. As long as he's healthy, too, you might have continuity there. So Bram Walden, one of my most important guys. And the last guy, we all know him. We all love him. Wide receiver, Elijah Badger. Badger, over the last two years, has really grown into a number one receiver role. He was almost a 1,000-yard receiver in the 2022 season. Uh, last year, he still put up 713 yards and three touchdowns. And putting that in perspective, the Sun Devils as a team passed for 2,500 yards. So he had right about 30% of the yards, eight touchdowns, and he had three. So almost half the touchdowns were going to Badger. There were 243 completions and 65 of them went to Badger. So 25-ish percent. Like, this was your passing offense, was Elijah Badger. And once again, as the number one receiver, he is going to be the face of this offense. He is going to be where all of the all of the volume goes through. And where Elijah Badger goes, everyone else will follow. Badger's going to be important for Jaden Rashada's development, for him to take a step forward as a, as a program-building quarterback. He's going to be the guy that helps keep defenses honest so they can't stack the, the box against Cameron Scadaboo, against Relique Brown. He's going to help other receivers with opportunities to get over Troy O'Mary, Jordan Tyson, Xavier Guillory, Melquan Stovall, anybody else. He's going to be so detrimental to what you're going to be able to do offensively. Again, if you wanted me to rank these guys, I'd probably put him third simply because he is he is a dynamite number one receiver, but Jaden Rashada is your franchise, or not franchise, your program quarterback, and Cameron Scadaboo does a little bit of everything. However, if you wanted to put Elijah Badger number one, I would be entailed to agree with you. I, I could get on board with any of these guys being number one, honestly. With Elijah Badger, though, I feel like, unlike the running backs, because if Scadaboo doesn't work out, you've got guys behind him, right? You can go to Relique Brown. You can go to DeCarlos Brooks, Kyson Brown, Jason Brown, Tevin White, George Hart. There are guys there that you can go to. However, if Elijah Badger doesn't work out, you're in trouble. And that's not even an insult to the guys behind him. I'm a huge Troy O'Mary fan. I really do like Melquan Stovall. I like some of the other guys that are here. It's not a secret that I'm really high on Jordan Tyson. But if you take away Elijah Badger, who has been the number one receiver for two years, who knows the program inside and out, he's a year in with the Kenny Dillingham era. He was here previously getting to know 
Arizona State University and building his reputation and his image with the team. You take Elijah Badger out of the folds here, you're going to be in trouble. Badger, pound for pound, may be the most important pivotal player to this team. That's one of the reasons why he made my list. And he's obviously one of the most obvious players that you would look at, for lack of a better term. He is that guy. Where he goes, the passing offense will follow. If he's not playing good or he gets phased out or, God forbid, something happens to him, you're going to see a huge de- decrease. I mean, unless Jaden Rashado is playing at a Heisman level, you lose Elijah Badger, that that passing attack is going to take such a drastic step backwards. And it's a scary thought for him to not play well this year, which is why he is my final, most obvious, important player for the Sun Devils offense this year. We've got our quarterback marked down. We've got our running backs. We've got our left tackle. And we've got our number one receiver here on the most obvious, important players for the team tomorrow. We'll be looking at the guys that you aren't talking enough about. Maybe it is another running back. Maybe it is offensive lineman. Maybe it's a tight end that we didn't mention. Whoever it ends up being, you're going to want to make sure that you're tuned in. So hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications wherever you're getting your podcast. And you can stay in touch with the podcast by following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. I appreciate you guys for tuning in as always. I am looking forward to having this conversation for the next three days to finish out the the week. Tomorrow is going to be the less obvious guys on offense. Thursday will be the most obvious on defense, and Friday will be the least obvious on defense. So I will see you guys again tomorrow, and until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Levels.